Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 139 of Unsweetened Sio, the podcast. Really, really excited about today's guest, Dr. Daryl Joffrey. He's a highly sought-after longevity expert who uses a cutting-edge approach to nutrition to help his patients fight inflammation and achieve and maintain an optimal level of health and energy. A former sugar addict turned health machine, he knows firsthand what it takes to overcome adversity and challenges in the pursuit of superior health. In addition to running the successful Alchemine brand, he is the founder of the Joffrey Wellness Center in Park Avenue and Newport Beach, California. He's a board certified chiropractor in the state of New York and the author of the best-selling books, Get Off Your Acid, and the newly released Get Off Your Sugar, Burn the Fat, Crush Your Cravings, and Go From Stress Eating to Strength Eating. I love that. Dr. Joffrey has appeared multiple times on Live with Kelly and Ryan and other media outlets, including The Doctors, Extra, E! News, People Magazine, Vogue, U.S. Weekly, Daily Mail, Page Six, Good Day New York, The New York Post, Life and Style, Women's World, and Cosmopolitan, to discuss his acid-kicking approach to health and fitness. He was also a featured speaker at the 2019 and 2020 Fran Drescher Masterclass Health Summit in Los Angeles, and he sits on the Cancer Schmancer Medical Health and Wellness Advisory Board. He is a passionate, motivational speaker, certified raw food chef, live blood microscopist, Reiki master, and has been featured in many health documentaries and summits. Welcome, Dr. Joffrey. So excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you today. I'm so excited and uh, just want to say thanks for having me on, Siobhan. Appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I followed you for a while. I've heard many of your interviews. I'm just so excited that you're here today to talk to all of us. And I love, love, love my favorite part of your intro, which was so impressive, is a former sugar addict turned health machine. So everyone listening, most people listening to this are sugar addicts. Um, either in recovery or really struggling still. And I think they all want to know, everyone wants to turn into a a health machine. So if you would just start by telling us a little bit about your own personal story with sugar addiction and kind of how, what got you to where you are today? Absolutely. Yeah. I I struggled. Uh, I get it. I know exactly what that's like. In fact, I called myself in my first book, the shoemaker with no shoes. Uh, I was the the doctor that was going out and taking care of my patients saying, you know, don't eat this and don't eat that sugar. Don't put that into your body. Then I go into the back office. I was literally shoveling caramel bars, Nessie's crunch bars and drinking Coca-Cola. And, you know, it it was crazy because sugar had taken over my life. And uh, as far as back as I can go, I mean, my my memory goes back to like five when uh, I was eating like, you know, those boxes of Lucky Charms. I wouldn't even put milk in it. I would just eat it right out of the box. You know, our parents didn't know any different. You know, they, they just kind of did what they did. And um, 
And I, I grew up, you know, having lots of issues because of, of the sugar addiction. You know, I had tubes in my ears, not once my body rejected it. My body was actually smart back then, but I had it twice. Um, you know, as a high schooler, I had horrific acne. Um, and, you know, e even in college, I played college soccer at Boston College. I played for the under 20 national team. And I was the kid on the bus to the games with like big bags of candy. It made me pop around the bus because all the kids want to sit next to me. But it was a real problem. And even as I became a chiropractor in my 20s, you know, when you're younger, you can get away with these things. Your, your metabolism is fast. It's amazing how quickly kids heal. I look at my, my daughter and my son who are four and seven right now, and they just are, they're healing machines at that age. But as we get older, what happens is that there is a, a geometric change. It builds and builds and builds and stacks and stacks. And eventually it catches up with your body. And um, I started gaining weight, you know, and by the end of my 20s, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am today. And not only did I gain weight, it was like what all that extra weight and all that acidity and inflammation that sugar creates in your body was causing. You know, I had a lot of willpower, but at the end of the day, I was just drained. You know, my body, I was like going around that racetrack in fifth gear over and over and over, but there was no gas in the tank. So I would adjust 40 or 50 patients a day in my clinic in New York, but I'd go home and I would just be spent. And again, there's so much that your body can take. And I'll never forget the day, uh, you know, we're motivated by pain and pleasure. You know, something I learned from Tony Robbins, but pain seems to be the bigger motivator in our lives. And uh, I'll never forget this moment. I was leaning down to adjust a patient in my wellness center and my pants split right down the backside. <laughs> so again, I had gained all this weight, but like I was in denial. I refused to accept this and I didn't buy bigger clothes, but obviously my pants and my, my buttons and my shirt were basically expanding at the seams and split right down the backside it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. Thank God the patient didn't see. I backed out and I had an extra pair of slacks in the office, but that day was, was the moment, Siobhan, that I literally drew that line in the sand. I threw that stake into the ground and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to go on like this, like this anymore. I'm going to start walking the walk. I'm going to step up. I'm going to raise my standards and actually be the person who I need to be, who I've been talking about, not only for my patients, but more importantly for myself, because we all know we can't help other people until we help ourselves. And you know, it was that moment forward. I just started becoming an investigator of health and trying to really figure out why I was addicted to sugar. Um, I tried for so many years to beat the sugar addiction by deprivation, but I'm here to tell you deprivation just doesn't work. Albeit it's a noble approach and some people might go about it that way. Um, kudos to them. But the problem is, is that you're not addressing the true underlying deficiencies why you crave sugar in the first place. So I just started adding green juices into my diet. One a day, I moved to two a day. I started bouncing on a rebounder to move my body because motion is emotion. And there's such an emotional component to all addictions, especially sugar. And literally within three weeks, I actually overcame a lifelong addiction to sugar. My cravings were gone. And I just kept going. I kept adding, adding. We'll talk more about that approach. But literally within about three and a half pounds, I had, uh, sorry, within, in about three and a half months, I dropped about 42 pounds and I got my life back. So uh, it was an incredible journey. I learned a lot. Uh, but my goal now is to help people not go through all those ups and downs that I went through in the years of struggle to get to where we want to go, which is freedom. And that's the name of this game, health freedom. Mm, I love that so much. And I think so many people can relate just having that addiction from an early age. I mean, it really can start really young. For me, I also remember being like five years old and sneaking downstairs and eating as many cookies as I could before anyone else woke up. You know, not like they were limited, but I, I, I knew something was like not right about that. Um, so yeah, it is amazing how early it starts and then how long we can struggle to get off of it. So 
Um, I'm really impressed. I love your approach too, of like, first of all, being an investigator of our health, of your, you know, of your own health, and then really being careful with the deprivation because I just feel like that's not sustainable, right? And like you're saying too, you also need to be able to address these underlying um, reasons that you're addicted. So when, you know, you're helping people now, what kind of, where do you direct them first? You know, when they say, I think I really have a, you know, I really love sugar. I'm having a hard time giving it up. What are some like practical tips you give people now to just kind of get started? Yeah. And number one, this is, we're all in this together, right? And especially with families. And I, I want to just touch bases on that comment you made, because I think it's so important. Our kids are more addicted than adults to sugar. Um, it's a huge issue. They're surrounded by sugar. This is, has been embedded into our culture. Even look at the clothes that kids wear as babies and toddlers. You know, there's, there's ice cream and, you know, candy and sweet treats. And you think about that. Let's give our kid a treat. Well, what's the treat? It's a donut. You know, so it's like our whole psychology around what we do with our kids. It's built around sugar. And our kids struggle more than we do. I mean, sugar is addictive. We have to look at this. Sugar is not a food. It's a drug. In fact, it's become America's drug of choice. The average person's eating 130 pounds of it every single year. It's eight times more addictive than cocaine. How crazy is that? And when you, you take that 130 pounds, you break that down to what we're doing in a day's time, the average American's eating 38 teaspoons of sugar every single day. And for kids, it's even more. And here's the problem with that. Our body, especially our liver, cannot metabolize more than six teaspoons a day. So once we go over that mark, and most of us are over that mark, literally within minutes of waking up, already we're toxifying our body, we're toxifying our liver, we're driving up inflammation, we're dumping insulin into the blood. And we know now that the more insulin you dump into the blood throughout the course of your lifetime, it's going to lessen our longevity. Not only does it store fat, but it actually makes you die younger. So this is such an important thing. And us as parents, we need to be role models for our kids because we are strong as the weakest link. So if you want to get your kids off sugar, we have to be off our sugar. You know, it's like, again, you got to put that mask on first before we can help our kids. So to answer your question, how do we do that? You know, again, it's not about taking away, taking away. You know, this is what everybody does January 1. And what does the research show? By January 15th, 92% of people fail with their New Year's resolutions. Why? Because they associated change with pain and it doesn't work. So, you know, I finally just changed my approach. And I'm saying, Daryl, Stop giving up sugar. It's not working. Change the strategy. And I started adding, adding. So I think the best thing to do um, is to start to add foods in that strengthen your body. And what is the core of what I've actually termed a strength eating diet? It's green. So go green. Yes. And you know, I'm the biggest fan of green juice. Um, and you know, you, you want to eat as many greens as possible in the form of salads and, you know, steamed veggies and uh, stir fried, uh, stir fried veggies and things like that. But drink your greens. When I, when I say drink your greens, more green juices, green smoothies, green soups. Why I like that is most of us have gut issues. You know, one of the things I focus on is microbiome health and, uh, you know, getting that microbiome back into balance. But if we're, if we're eating foods that our body can't digest and assimilate, we're not going to get those nutrients into our cells that we need, especially magnesium to overcome our addiction. So start drinking a green juice a day. In my new book, Get Off Your Sugar, we talk about seven steps in 21 days to help you do that. And the first three days, it's about adding in these greens. So I think if you can just pick a green juice or a green smoothie, you know, whatever you think is right for you in that moment, and then just start adding that. Start with one a day, then go to two a day, then three a day, and then do that for a few days. 
you're going to start to build healthy habits. And over time, repetition's the mother of skill. The good's going to weigh the bad. So we can talk more about like what a strength eating plate looks like. But before we even start adding these foods in, I think what's more important is our psychology. You know, Tony Robbins says that 20% of your success is strategy. 80% is psychology. I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to say that 100% is your psychology. Because if our psychology is not there, guess what? We're not going to have that follow through to get to where we need to go. So if your why, your purpose is big enough, your how will find a way. If, you're, if you have that purpose when you start, when adversity comes, when obstacles come, like uh, you know stress at work or maybe something with your family or how about a pandemic for two years, right? It doesn't matter what the outside stressor is. When we stress, what do we typically do? We start stress eating. And those foods we go for are not the broccoli and the avocados. Those are the comfort foods. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. Stress foods don't come for you one bit. They're actually going to stress your body. When they stress your body, it makes you eat more of that stuff. And what happens is we crawl into this foxhole and we don't come out. So we got to start with that why. I, I encourage everybody to spend five minutes after listening to this, go into a quiet room, you know, no distractions, and just get a pen and paper and just start writing down what is your purpose. Now, losing weight can be a purpose, but that's what I call a superficial why, and that's fine but I'm talking about something deeper, something compelling that when you think about this, it moves you down to your very soul. Um, it actually gives you goosebumps. And when you come up with that purpose, that's that powerful, I promise you, any obstacles that come up, no matter what they be, even a pandemic is not gonna get in your way of staying on track and making progress to getting over this addiction of sugar. So that's the most important thing. Know your outcome, desired outcome. Let's develop a powerful strategy, but at the core of it, you gotta have that why. And I love, love that. Like with the why it's, it's, you need to dig in deeper. I do this in my group coaching. Like we come up with the why, but it's not. And for a lot of people, it is. That was for me at first was all about weight loss, which funny now on the other side of it, that's like just maybe on the low on my list. You know, it's like all the other benefits that I have felt, especially the mental clarity. That's like, what's really keeps me going. But I think with the for so many people, it's just the desperation to, to get out of their bodies, you know, and feel like, just feel healthy again. But then it's like digging for me, I had to dig in. I'm like, always dig in another question. Like, so, okay, why? Well, cause I want to lose weight. Why? Well, I want to be around for a long time for my kids. Why? And I want to be able to get off and off the ground with my kids and be mobile with them and set a good example, kind of what you're talking about. So it's really like, you said a journaling exercise of, I, I just made myself do that where I kept asking myself why to really get to that underlying nugget that you're saying is going to keep me going strong. Because unfortunately, I thought once I lost weight, everything would be right in the world and my life would be happy and fine. But that's, you know, life is life. There's always going to be outside stress. So yeah, we have to stay kind of focused and but now the way I deal with it is so much different. I don't use food as a coping mechanism anymore, right? So I love that so much, the why. Yeah, and I love that challenge of everyone just taking five minutes, even pause this now and just take five minutes to write out that why, because you will keep coming back to it time and time again, because we can't predict things like the pandemic and you know other things that are going to happen. So and you got to do these steps. I'm so glad that you said that. So yes, yeah, stop this and do that because procrastination is the killer of dreams. And listen, I've been there a million times over where um, I've read something, I have a million books, 
but you got to put into action. You know, they say knowledge is power, but it's not true. It's potential power. Action is power. And just spending five minutes to do that, it's going to give you clarity. You know, being clear about what your intentions are um, is critical, and that's going to help you achieve the success. And you look at weight loss, again, weight loss is amazing, but there's a lot of ways to lose weight. You know, it's like I can chop off my right leg and I lost weight, but it doesn't mean that it got me there the right way or healthy, right? Bad example. But my point is that weight loss is a byproduct of having a healthy mind, body, and spirit, right? And as you strengthen your body, you get to these root causes of why the body gained weight in the first place, then you're going to find that the weight is just going to come off effortlessly. And that's what happened with me. And next week on, uh, on, uh, on KTLA, I'm not going to give it away now, but there's going to be a really big segment that I'm going to be on. And the person who I was coaching lost 25 pounds in uh, literally in just weeks and was so powerful. And it, this was the most powerful thing about our coaching because we were doing videos along the way. And um, just a couple of weeks in, he's like, Dr. Daryl, he's like, I just made, he's like, giving up sugar wasn't hard. He's like, you know, I just made a choice. I just made a decision and that's it. It's like, you know, you just make that choice. You know, I, I give this story in, in the first book, Get Off Your Acid, about Cortez the Conquistador. And he would get to the island with his with his uh, with his regatta and his and his troops and his army. And he would say to his his army, "Burn the boats!" And basically, there's no going back. Right? You're staying and fighting, or you're dying. Right? And and I know that's that's a crazy metaphor, but the point is that that's our life. And you know, the battle is won in the grocery store, but we have to draw that line in the sand and say. I've raised my standards. I'm not going back to that old self anymore. That's not who I am. This is the new me. And once you make that choice, that's it. Game over. This is your life and it's going to change. And, and, and the road ahead is beautiful and it's amazing. But again, realize that that's all in your control and you can create your destiny, but it happens right now in that moment. So start with the why. Start one thing at a time. If you're an overachiever, you can add more of these things, but keep on going, keep on adding. And as you do that, you're going to find that things are going to change real quickly in your life. I love that. And I feel like when you add those things and you're feeling a little bit better, it gives you more motivation to add something else, you know, versus if you're feeling totally deprived, it's a harder place to make changes from, I think, you know. Yeah, And for some people, they might feel those good changes within a few days. For some people, they might feel a little worse because sugar is so powerful, right? And this is why we do this add-on approach because when you take it away, it's a drug, right? We all know that what happens when you go up drugs, you have this withdrawal symptoms and sugar withdrawal is nasty. So when you start to add, 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 uh, especially uh, these greens that are high in magnesium, you're going to find that it's going to be easier on your body. The transition is going to be easier. And remember that your taste buds change every 14 days. So, you know, that salad or green juice might taste pretty nasty to you on day one. You know, I remember my first green juice, I called it swamp water. I'm like, oh, I got to drink this. But again, my, my why my, and my willpower was there, but we can't go on willpower. It's just not going to get us there. But as I kept doing this, you know, after seven days, 10 days, I'm like, wow, this green juice actually tastes pretty good right now. I'm going to tell you the green juice recipe didn't change. My body changed, my taste buds changed. So just stick with it. So it might be a little bit longer for some people, it might be a little bit shorter for others, but you will get there, but just keep on going. I love addressing that because I was one of those people, I, it took me almost five months before I started feeling amazing. And I, and then with, you know, working with people, it takes like 10 days or we're all so different. So I really like that you're just addressing that stick with it because you will feel better. And now here I am like four years later and 
oh, food tastes so different to me, you know, and I crave, I'm like, I crave salads. Like, you know, the other day I was like, I really feel like some broccoli, like who am I? But it is amazing. (laughs) And how much sweeter some of these foods taste. I think that's the big thing is like sugar just kind of deadens your, your taste buds. So you can't even taste the natural sweetness in fruits and vegetables, right? Yeah, and the problem with that is that you need more of that drug to get you that, just to keep you level, right? Just to keep you even. So the more sugar you eat, because it desensitizes, as you're saying, your taste buds, you need more of that drug just to keep you there. So you eat more of it, but it's just keeping you flat, right? Um, Another thing that I did was at the end of the day, because, you know, it might be challenging for the first few days or weeks. And to your point, you didn't start feeling amazing until five months So at the end of the day, what I did, and I still do this, is I created a power journal. And at the end of the day, I would spend a minute, five minutes. It doesn't take any time. So again, it's the one constant we all have. It's the same amount of time. So find time to do it. And then just what was that day worth living for? What positive things happened in that day? It could be, you know, I I started on this acid kicking plan or I started getting off my sugar. I started on my first green juice today. You know, like whatever empowers you that day. You know, it could have been a thought, it could have been an action that you did. It could have been anything, but you start to write these things down and then you're creating this amazing journal that's going to stack up and build up over time. So any point you're having a down moment or a, da- a downtime, take out that journal and just start reading the things that you wrote. It's going to empower you. And again, it, it just helps your brain. It helps your psychology realize that what you're doing is actually working. And the more you do it, you're going to find that those pages are going to get longer and longer and longer, which is really cool. Mm, I love that. That's such a good tip for people and such a good um, tool to use. Because I always say this is all about like building your toolkit too of what's going to work for you and what's going to keep you going and deal with some of these stressors that are going on. And, you know, big one is the food that you're talking about and adding in some of those things like the greens. Um, What other kind of suggestions do you have for people as far as taking that? I really like this ad approach versus deprivation. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many good things. I love what you just said about the toolkit. I actually call it a toolkit as well. It's like, <laughs> and the greatest thing is that we have so many weapons in that toolkit, right? Yeah. Um, uh, to beat what I call the WMDs, the weapons of mass destruction, which is really wheat, meat, and dairy and sugar, right? And they all mm-hmm. metabolize into sugar in your body, even eating too much meat. And listen, meat, Protein is an essential pro it's an essential fuel for your body, but it's about moderation. Um, if the average person's eating five times the amount of animal protein, and what happens is it actually turns to sugar in your body via something called gluconeogenesis that happens in your liver. So, you know, when you're eating your meal, no more than two to four ounces of that protein per meal, and then you're going to be okay in that safe zone. Um, so as we dig into that toolbox, like you want to have different things for different um, things that you're facing. And one of those things could be craving. So um, I love to have some biohacks ready to go. So uh, I'll give you some of my favorite biohacks when the craving monster shows itself. And then we can talk about my three uh, step snack rule as well. So um, I have uh, a sugar craving shot, which is what you're gonna do is take one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. You're gonna take one teaspoon of cinnamon. I prefer the Ceylon cinnamon over the Cassia cinnamon. It's more unrefined. Um, And then you're going to take one eighth teaspoon of uh, either Himalayan salt, or I love the company Real Salt, um, or Celtic Grey Sea Salt, um, one eighth teaspoon of that. And then you're going to dilute that in just a few ounces of water. 
um, depending on you know how much you want to dilute because the apple cider vinegar vinegar could be a little bit strong uh, for some people. So just put that in a few ounces of water. And what I love about the apple cider vinegar and the cinnamon, especially also the mineral salts, is that they stabilize your insulin. Um, they actually can lower your fasting blood glucose. So they're amazing uh, for just stabilization of sugar in your body. And drink that on an empty stomach once a day. And you're going to find that it's going to really cut that craving uh, right there. And even if you're not having the craving, it's like, don't wait for the monster to show up. The key to being healthy is anticipation and knowing the road ahead. So do that in the morning, like mid morning or when you wake up and uh, what that's going to do, it's going to actually help prevent the craving from coming in the first place. Um, so that's one that I love. I drink something called our acid kicking detox tea. So I'll get an inch piece of turmeric, inch piece of ginger. Um, I'll just dice that up into fine pieces and then I'll uh, boil some water. I'll take the water off of the stove and then I'll put those um, uh, inch pieces of ginger and turmeric in the water and I'll just seep it for about 15 minutes. And then um, you can either drink it hot. And then when you serve it, I'll add a um, slice of lemon. Uh, lemons are very alkalizing to the body. So things like lemons and apple cider vinegar, while they're acidic outside of the body, like they'll burn a cut, right? Because acid burns. When you ingest them into the body, whether you drink it or they're in food, they actually have a very powerful alkalizing effect into the body, uh, especially things like lemons and limes. They're low in sugar, they're high in minerals, and minerals are key for overcoming your um, addiction to sugar and your cravings. In fact, magnesium is the most important mineral to put into the body. Um, the body uses about 54 molecules of magnesium to neutralize just one molecule of sugar. And this is why we're so depleted of magnesium. And magnesium is the number one neuroprotector of your brain. Uh, and think about things like type three diabetes, dementia, which is Alzheimer's, right? Happens from sugar issues and, uh, you know, and, and the inflammation that happens from glycation and sugar. So getting more minerals into the diet is critical. So um, I love things like that. And I'll drink that tea or I'll put it into the fridge in a glass container and I'll drink it cold the next day um, in the morning. And I'll actually add a scoop of our acid kicking green juice powder right into that. And that's what I call the triple A to health. It's anti-inflammatory, it's a powerful antioxidant and it's alkalizing to the body. Um, my third biohack I love is what's called the belly fat burning shot. People are gonna love this one. So yes, it burns the belly fat, um, but what you're doing is, is you're taking a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil, um, which is a healthy plant-based ketogenic fat. So don't fear the fat guys. When you eat healthy fat, it helps your body burn fat. It's not gonna make you fat. And then I'll add in the juice of half of a lemon and I'll mix those together and I'll drink that on an empty stomach. One caveat, if you don't have a gallbladder, your body might have some trouble issues digesting the fat. Um, I have clients that were, were um, able to get them to do that. But again, if you don't have a gallbladder, you might just want to start very slowly and see how you do with it. But drink that on an empty stomach and that really helps us as well. And um, that's just one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil and half a lemon juice from a lemon. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Wow. And please, and please um, you know, let's invest in organic because, um, you know, I, I see this all the time when people go to restaurants. I used to do it as well. We we think we're doing something good for our body, detoxifying our livers by saying, oh, can you bring me a water with some lemon? And then we squeeze the lemon, we drop the lemon slice into the water, but what's on that lemon peel? Pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. So great intention, but it's actually doing more harm. So at the restaurant, you can just squeeze it in, but don't drop the whole thing in there. But yes, that's the belly fat burning shot. So don't do all three of those in one day, just pick one on day one, try that, see how you do. Next day, you could do another one. And then just kind I of love that you good. know the audience already. They're like, okay, I'm doing <laughs> oh, listen. every single day, multiple times a day. The I, more I do it, the better it will be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I always try to tame down and talk slower, but this is the, I live in California now, but this is the New Yorker in me. 
you know, I go a million miles per hour, but I'm, I'm, I'm still finding my balance in my life as we spoke about before we got on. But, um, and if I was listening to this, I'd be doing like all three times two in one day. I'm like, I want to get there now, but no, meet, meet yourself where you're at, you know, and just start by adding slowly. We don't want to do too much because if we detox too heavy, you know, your body can actually feel the effects of that. We don't have, have any Hertz reactions or, you know, any detox reactions. So slow and steady, you can always build from that. But what we don't want to do is too much out of the gates and then be like, oh, why did I do that? Um, but you can always do more, but just listen to your body. It's the most important part when you do this. Love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. These are so good. And yeah, pick one that sounds like you can stomach it too. You know, some of them might be like, oh, but give them a try. And like you said, you know, like apple cider vinegar is something I remember being introduced to a long time ago. I used to have a friend that just would guzzle it. She would keep it like in her desk drawer and just guzzle it when she wasn't feeling well or whatever. Like she knew this is like 20 years ago, the benefits of it. And I remember she gave it to me one time when I had a cold coming on and I was like, you know, could not get it down where now I add it all the time to hot water or something. So again, you do can, you do kind of get used to the, you know, the taste of it. And, um, I actually, actually really like it now. I can't believe it, but yeah. So, so a great point. Maybe for some people you want to start out with one teaspoon instead of a tablespoon. Yes. That's how you do with it first, right? Um, and I love apple cider vinegar. You know, it's uh, it goes after and destroys candida. It builds up the hydrochloric acid in your stomach, which stops pathogens from getting into the biome. So uh, candida is one of the reasons why we crave sugar. And I, I do something called live blood cell analysis, where I look at people's live blood cells on a microscope. It's the most powerful thing when you see your live blood in real time. And I see candida all the time in the blood. Well, where did it come from? It came from the gut. It's okay to have a little bit of candida in the gut because it's, you know, candida breaks down anything that doesn't belong there, anything that needs to be decayed, right? But for most of us, we have too much candida because we're feeding that monster with so much sugar and it just eats up sugar. And then we crave more of it because this candida becomes explosive in its growth. And then it starts to leak into the blood via leaky gut. And then it becomes systemic in the body. So, um, you know, really doing things like that is going to really help in the long run. And, uh, you know, you just need to have a strategy ready to go. You don't want to wait for the craving to show itself because by then it might be too late. And, you know, I would have things in the apartment or the home and, you know, they'd be hidden back in the back of the counter. Yeah. Who was I fooling? Right. When that craving showed, I knew where that was. And I would break everything apart. Like, ah, there's that box of goodies or sweet treats or whatever. So you got to be prepared. You got to, you got to have this stuff ready to go, you know, clean out your pantry, get rid of all the crap. When I say crap, C-R-A-P, completely refined and processed foods, because when you're hungry, when you're craving, that's what we're going to want to eat. And, you know, in those moments of, of weakness, we got to be ready. So that's when I also implement my three-step snacking rule. So, um, you know, you can do those biohacks, but this is another great strategy is number one, you have to understand is that thirst and hunger goes to the same part of your brain. So many times we might just be dehydrated um, and 90% of Americans are dehydrated. So what I recommend, uh, you know, we do in, in the first point when that craving comes is drink a big glass of water, like I'm drinking right now. Um, but not just any water, it's like water's neutral. How do we make that water what I call acid kicking? You can add some, uh, some mineral salts to it, like uh, Himalayan salt or real salt. You can add some trace minerals to it. Um, you can add a scoop of our green powder. You can add some mineral powders, like anything that's going to make that uh, that food or that water become uh, uh, micronutrients that strengthen your body. So that's number one. You got to drink, right? Wait a few minutes, see how you do. And then if you're still craving sugar, go to the next step. 
And that next step is move your body. I said it earlier when I started, motion is emotion. And many times we could be stress eating because we're bored or maybe we're thinking about that, that sugary food. So I'll start bouncing on my rebounder. My, the rebounder is, I think, one of the most powerful forms of exercise. Um, it's easy to do. It's cost-effective. You could buy one for 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Get ones with a, bu with a bungee cords on it and just start gentle bouncing. Uh, NASA did studies showing that uh, bouncing on the rebounder uh, can, uh, is 68% more powerful than running at improving your cardiovascular health, optimizing your oxygen utilization, which is so good because sugar creates lactic acid in the body and the blood, um, but also helping you lose weight. So I'll bounce on a rebounder for a few minutes. Um, I'll do some yoga or some Tai Chi. I'll go for a walk. Uh, again, just move your body, wait a few minutes, and you might feel that you don't need that. If you're still hungry at that point, then we go to having a healthy snack. So instead of having that sugary snack like the chips, like what would be a good swap for that? Um, so I would do something like um, hummus and guacamole with some uh, carrot sticks or some broccoli uh, or some celery, right? Or I'll do a celery bow where I'll get a, a stalk of celery. I'll put some uh, raw almond butter and some hemp seeds on that. Um, something that's going to kind of give you that, uh, that satiation that you need, but that's not going to have that obviously negative effect to it that the sugar will. Um, you know, there's so many different swaps that you can, that you can do, but again, just take away the bad and replace it with the good. Um, and I think if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a really good place. So just be prepared for that. So have these things ready to go. I love that. Um, the stacking of that. So, so many times, like sometimes I just say, just pause for a second too, because we're all, no one really likes to be, at least for me, I don't like being, um, uncomfortable even for a little bit. So sometimes something uncomfortable might be going on and it's like interesting because that's when I want to reach for a snack or something. So I don't have to feel uncomfortable, but that's where you can pause <laughs> and do these three steps. So instead of going right to the snack, even if it's a healthy snack, you know, try the other things first. I love that. I mean, that's so easy to do. Okay. Just drink, you know, move my body a little bit. Okay. I still want this snack. And I already have these three go-to snacks that are healthy snacks that work for me. And yes, I'm going to do one of those. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's, that. it's awesome. And even at work, you know, a lot of people are working from home now, which I, I love. I think we've kind of remodeled the whole way you look at our lives and finding that balance. So it's really about finding your balance. But if you're in an office chair, get up and start, you know, doing squats and who cares what people think of you, right? They're going to actually want to know what you're doing, why you're doing it before you know it, that whole office is going to be doing it. Right. But you said it, it's like, you know, this, the psychology is important because when we go for those stress foods, it's usually because we're stressed and our bodies, our minds, we're in what's called this sympathetic state. Your sympathetic nerve system is our fight and flight nerve system. So, you know, uh, it's like the same thing years ago, seeing a saber tooth tiger, you go into fight or flight, you know, you don't want to be eating fat. You want to be eating, you know, your, your body needs to get out of danger. Your body metabolizes sugar. So right now we're not seeing a saber tooth tiger. We are emotionally stressed 24 seven. And by the way, this was even so before the pandemic and when you're emotionally stressed, your body spits out a hormone, a stress hormone called cortisol. And cortisol um, is, your, is your, your safety. You know, it's like, it doesn't care about digesting or your immune system. It actually shuts down your digestive system. It shuts down your immune system because all it cares about is getting you out of danger. And when you're in fight or flight, your body's marinating in this hormone called cortisol. So the big problem with that is that it feeds this whole system and it makes you want to stress you because your body needs sugar because all it's thinking about burn sugar. It's a fast fuel, even though it's a dirty fuel, it'll get me out of danger. Now, here's the crazy thing is that your body has five different hormones that actually can make and mobilize sugar. 
there's only one hormone that actually takes the sugar out, which is insulin. And by the way, insulin is not even a sugar lowering hormone, though we think of that with diabetes, its job is to transport um, energy fuel into the cell. So how is it that our body has five hormones like epinephrine and growth hormone um, and norepinephrine and things like that that actually can make sugar because we don't need to be eating sugar. Sugar is not an essential fuel. You don't need it in your diet. Your brain doesn't need it. You know, there's doctors out there, nutritionists that are still saying your brain needs sugar. It's not true. Your brain will burn the sugar off first because it wants to get rid of the sugar because sugar creates inflammation. It's a dirty fuel and it wants it out of the body but the brain is 60% fat. It prefers um, ketones and prefers healthy fats as its primary source of fuel. So the key thing is really helping the body get out of that fight or flight state, which so many of us are in right now, whether we realize it or not, physically, emotionally, and chemically, all these stresses are making us more and more stressed and we go deeper down that rabbit hole. So how do we do this? One of my most favorite things to do to shift from what's called that sympathetic state, fight or flight, to the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, is breathing. So something called the 4-8 extended breath. I wrote about this in my uh, Get Off Your Sugar book. So what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in for four seconds in your nose. So the breath in is your sympathetic. And then you're going to double that. You're going to breathe out of your mouth, which is parasympathetic for eight seconds. So four seconds in the nose, eight seconds out the mouth, and then you're going to do that 20 times. Now, for some of you, four, eight might be a little bit too intense. What we can do is we can, it's the same ratio. We can do three, six, we can do two, four, you can even do one, two, but again, do that, do 20 repetitions. And I promise you at the end of that, you will shift to that parasympathetic state. Um, you're going to be feeling better, more grounded, and most likely you're not going to want to go for those crappy carbohydrates. Mm, I love these are all such amazing practical tips for people to use. Um, I, I talk a lot about breathing too, and I love this four, eight breath. So simple too, and you can do it anywhere. The other thing I'd say, cause we've talked about kids a little bit is like, I do this with parenting when I'm about to like snap too. It's like, you know, all, the breathing is so important for all kinds of things. It's just like, oh, just take a breath, pause, like got to regulate myself before I can help my kids regulate. And that's such a great tip. And then again, we're talking about modeling. So again, if your kids are witnessing you doing these things, they're going to start incorporate, incorporating them too. So I really, really love these tools. Yeah, get the kids in get the kids involved. I think that's the, you know, cause it's one of the questions I get all the time is like, all right, my kids, I think the hardest clients is like when someone is like my son's age seven addicted to sugar, they're so stuck in their way and they're so addicted. It's really hard to get them off. So um, I get a lot of parents coming to me asking for advice. What do I do? So number one, the role modeling is critical. Don't have the crap in there. You know, you might fight and struggle for two weeks, but after that, you know, you're going to see them break through, but number two, make it a game. You know, I think that's the key. It's like, we'll get our Vitamix out or our, our juicer out and, you know, we'll go to the farmer's market with the kids. We get them involved and they love that, but we'll, I'll let Aaliyah like dump the stuff into the Vitamix and she gets crazy about it. And then I'll let her, I'll put it, I'll put the cap on. I'll tell you about the mistake I made with that once, but uh, it was really funny, but we turn it on and she goes crazy when the blender's on and you see all the colors change. And then we pour it into the glass and she has her little Lala glass. And then she names that smoothie, her princess smoothie or her unicorn smoothie or for Brayden, it's his, you know, superpower smoothie. But when you make it a game, the kids will, you'll find that they'll drink it 
and they'll they'll take part in it. And I'll never forget when uh, we were back in New York and Braden School. It was like you know the parents can come in and read a book to the kids, which I thought was amazing. Of course, when it became our turn, I'm like, Chelsea, we're not we're not going in. We're not going to read a book. I go, we're going to bring in a juice bar. So I literally brought in a juice bar for these kids, and uh, it was crazy. But there was stuff flying everywhere. Um, but I'm going to tell you, it was the most empowering day, not just for the kids, but for us. I mean, we had a blast. But literally for months down the road, parents were coming up to us and saying, that was incredible. How'd you do it? What did you do? And asking more questions and advice on, on to do because we made it a game. The kids brought that conversation home with them. So I think that's the best advice for your kids is make it colorful, make it a game, get them involved, don't have it around. And there's other ways to sneak it into the diet. I mean, if you're making pasta sauce, you just blend two cups of spinach into that pasta sauce. If you're having soup, get some broccoli heads and just grate the broccoli heads into that soup. I mean, there's so many ways that you can sneak this stuff into the food as well, but ultimately um, you gotta, you gotta get them on board with you. And I think the best way is to get them involved. Mm -hmm. And really talk to them about it. You know, I think about, you know, like just, I talk to my kids about why sugars what's, you know, bad for your body and what's good for your body. And just like, they are really love, they ask such good questions, you know? And I think it's so, you know, like we were at like old Navy the other day and they had candy in the, you know, like at the old Navy checkout, my daughter's like, why do they have candy here? You know, she's six. And I'm like, exactly. And it's like, she's like, and it's like right at her eye level, uh. you know? And it's like, you know, and I talked to them like they, you know, they target that towards kids. And, you know, we kind of talk about that all now just so they're aware. Um, and I think we could do a whole other episode on, on kids because I think it's so hard to raise kids right now that are school age and try to raise them as much as you can off of sugar just because of outside influences, peer pressure, you know, like, I started a health and wellness committee at my kid's school, but it's very small baby steps. You know, it's, it's still, there's lots of sugar that, you know, I'm just not in control of. So I don't know if you just have any little bit of advice around that without going through, you know, a whole rabbit hole there, but yeah. how you kind of deal with that with your kids and their ages. It's such an important point. I'm glad you brought it up. And I think the short answer is control. You can control. We're not the crazy parents mm -hmm. that say, don't do this. If there's a bake sale, we let our kids be kids. I don't want my kids to be singled out. You know, if there's, a birthday party and the kids are having pizza, you know, in a fruit juice box, I, I'm not going to deny my kid and take them away from that experience and make them singled out. So, you know, when we're home, we're on it, we're on our game, we're healthy. And, and to your point, our kids do know good versus bad. They know that sugar's bad. Um, but I think if, if 80% of the time, you know, 90% of the time we're, 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 we're balanced. And I think that's the key. Um, then the kids are going to be fine. And I, I'm going to tell you, it's a lot harder or more, I'm not going to say harder, more challenging with Brayden than it is Aaliyah because she's younger and she hasn't been engulfed in it as much as he did. But, you know, you go to the schools, there's the, the cafeteria. I mean, I'm not even going to get started on those lunches. So what does Chelsea do? She wakes up every day early and she makes Brayden lunch. And he's probably one of the few kids that brings lunch to school every day and it's more work, but we're willing to do whatever it takes to keep our child healthy. And um, it's just garbage with these with these you know, schools are doing. So I agree with you. It's a whole nother topic of conversation um, that needs to be dealt with. And there are organizations doing it. I've been involved with many of them, but it's just not enough. And um, so that's a whole nother conversation. But I think, I think the message is let's just, you know, at home, let's keep it real. Uh, let's teach our kids. Let's have conversations um, and then just let them be kids. 
And I really like that, like control it, you can control because I get really stressed out about this sometimes. And I think it, that was just a good reminder, even you hearing me say that, like let kids be kids, this just reminds me that I can't control it all, you know, and you just do kind of the best you can. And I always think, and I've told the kids this, you two, you are in charge of your bodies. I'm just helping you now, but there's gonna come a point, you can eat what you wanna eat. I'm just trying to help you learn what feels good in your body and what doesn't feel good in your body. And even just making that connection at a young age of how they feel after they do have a huge piece of cake at someone's birthday party. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, interesting. How does that feel now? And I just do it with like curiosity, not judgment or shame, just like, oh, how do you feel now? And they already kind of recognize that, you know, a little Lesson bit. learned. <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes Hopefully. my son likes to push my buttons. He'll be like, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, then they're driving you crazy for the rest of the day. Exactly. But I like that. Yeah. Making sure we're modeling at home the healthy choices. Um, and I even say things out loud, like, you know, oh, broccoli, you know, broccoli. So this is like my favorite food or I love water or whatever. Cause I think again, they're picking up on that and it's more what you do than even what you say. So that's something that really, as far as that, why, um, and you can keep going back to that is like, your kids are watching you. If you do have kids, this is stuff like a lot of us learned ourselves as kids, some really bad habits. And I just want to set my kids up for more success. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And on, on that note, like what it's about the swap. So it's, it's like, we're fine. We're making a lot of these recipes are in the book. Like my favorite, uh, it's Kelly Ripa's favorite recipe in the book is the chocolate chia pudding, um, or the avocado chocolate mousse. Like these recipes taste so good. You think that you're cheating. So you know, we make these with our children. They love them. We do different variations to it. I mean, there's so many great desserts that we have in those in that recipe section um, that we do with our kids. And, you know, someone that's addicted to sugar, that's not going to taste as good. But when you're eating a little bit cleaner, you're going to find that, wow, this actually does fulfill my, my sweet craving. So I think it's having those uh, those alternate options that you can make with your children at home that, that taste sweet, that give it that chocolatey flair to it. But it's from cacao, which is unrefined, which is better than milk chocolate, obviously, which is loaded with dairy, which is bad. And obviously all the rest of the sugar that they put into it. So it's just having some things and start to experiment, just start to make different recipes and see what your kids like and what they don't like. And then you just start to build up this little kind of like in the toolbox, like more things that you can use. And it's not about being perfect, everyone. It's about progress, 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 you know, just meet yourself and your family where it's at and just start to add and take it from there. And, you know, a month later, if you keep doing that, you're going to find yourself in a much better place. And then six months later, then a year later, then five years later, then 20 years, it's like, you're going to build yourself the lifestyle that you want for your family. And then the byproduct of all that, the health that comes with that and the energy that you're going to get, it's just, it's so worth it. So worth it. And if you're already starting that now, again, with kids, whatever age they are, they're getting a much earlier start than most of us ever had on any of this. So, yeah. you know, I love that. We're running out of time, but I wanted to just ask you if there's any other maybe things, because we we're talking about the toolbox. I love hearing about everyone's toolbox. And I always say this too, like everyone's toolbox is going to look different. You know, there's so many different things that might like emotion code was a huge part of my journey. That's why I got certified in the emotion code and body code. That's one of my biggest tools, but that might not work for somebody else. So I love when people can share their tools. We were talking about meditation a little bit. So tell us, you know, kind of what's in your toolbox these days that really has like is working for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, for me, the word of this year is balance. You know, um, I was explaining before, you know, when we were talking that 
you know, I, I was going a million miles per hour and, you know, teaching balance, but I myself was out of balance, you know, and um, we have to find your balance. It's the most important thing. And, you know, uh, just reaffirming really what your intentions are. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of things I did to do that. It was, it was changing how I work and my work schedule, working smarter, working more efficiently, aligning with people that you are in alignment with. And I realized that there were some people that I was not in alignment with, and that, that, that's out of, out of purpose for who you are, right? So um, be in alignment uh, with everything in your life. And uh, I got real clarity on that when I started meditating. Um, you know, something I've talked about for years and I, I played with it, I dabbled with it, you know, I would have meditation classes. Um, I, I use um, a good friend of mine, Dr. Patrick Porter, he owns a company called BrainTap. Uh, BrainTap is an incredible, incredible device um, that, uh, that I use. It's a headset that I wear and there's amazing programs that helps your body get into meditation. So that was a tool I, I still use. Um, but now it, it's just about tapping into, into that body and the mind is so powerful. Uh, the mind can literally, it's neuroplastic, right? Your, your brain is neuroplastic, which means um, it could be molded one way for the good. It could be molded one way for the bad and sugar addiction can lead you down in this downward spiral. And you think about negative thoughts and uh, the negative feelings that come along with it. And before you know it, you're just feeding it and feeding this monster and you can't get out of it. And trust me, I was there for most of my life. So meditation really um, got me out of myself. You know, it's like, get out of your brain, get, get out of that stinking thinking. And it allowed me to just be, um, you know, they say uh, when you pray, you're talking to God, uh, but when you meditate, um, you're, you're listening. And uh, for me, it was really about that silence. And, you know, for years I would say, oh, it's hard, it's hard. But like, I just started doing it again, just start doing it and doing it. And it just is it's giving me so much clarity and I'm breathing better and it's making me uh, make smarter decisions. And it's, it's just brought me so much in my life. So um, that could be anything for you. That could be exercise as a form of meditation. It's about really present time consciousness. You know, it could be surfing. It could be riding a bike. You know, it could be uh, playing with your kid and hearing those giggly laughs. Last night we went to the beach here uh, in Laguna Beach, you know, for two hours and we just lost a track of time. We're in the past. We're like, all right, guys, it's dinner time. No, it's like, it's like get into nature, you know, so meditation can mean a lot of different things. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, crossing your legs and just sitting there saying, oh, I'm like, it's about abiding in silence and just being out in nature and breathing and, um, and enjoying that moment. And I think the more that you do, you're going to get clarity and you're going to get clear on what you want to be and who you are and all that stuff. So that for me in this past year has been a game changer. And the only regret is that I didn't start doing it sooner, but here we are. And this is what growing is. And this is what it's all about. I love that. And that, yeah, mindfulness is so, so important, you know, and I love that, you know, I hear that a lot. Meditation is a practice. They call it a meditation practice because it does take practice. And I think for a lot of us, it's really hard to even start with one minute and just be quiet you know, and that's how I started was one minute. And then I added, you know, um, you know, can go up to, you know, whatever, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever feels good for you. But yeah, I think just start somewhere. And like, you're saying this whole message all along is that it's progress, not perfection. Yeah. So I what's love that. And what's going to happen, Siobhan, is as you, as you meditate, the thoughts are going to come you know, flying into the brain and many of them could be stress thoughts, negative thoughts, and that's what happens. And then all of a sudden we just stop. Right. So for me, I start focusing on my breath. So it could be doing the breathing exercise. Cause again, you're, you're focusing on something which takes you away. Um, or it could be just, 
you know, finding a specific meditation that you like, you know, it could be uh, brain tap with Dr. Patrick Porter. Um, I really love Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations, which I'm, I've been doing a lot of, um, which have been really powerful for me. Uh, so, you know, it's really about finding what works for you and try some different things, just like with the, the hacks for the sugar cravings. It's like, see what works for you. And if one doesn't work, you know, try it again. Repetition's the mother of skill. Try it again but maybe you might need to do a different approach. So just listen to your intuition, your gut. It's always right. Your gut will never steer you wrong. Love that. And one last thing we, we talked about before I think we started recording was affirmations. That was just another thing I wanted to bring up because that's been really powerful for me this year, looking at 2022, was putting more in, in being very careful about what how I talk to myself and what I'm putting out there, like much more intentional on how I say things. So I have this whole list of morning affirmations that I do now every day. And they're really the I am statements that are really, really powerful. And it's interesting, I can have a low day, but by the time I get through that list, I am jazzed up and it's like, sometimes I have to fake it till I, I make it, Which but it fine. really makes a difference. Yeah. yeah my, my friend, uh, my friend, Jim Quick, who uh, is, you know, he's amazing with brain health. He says, stand on guard, always be standing on guard to the doorway of your mind and your brain. Um, it's that self-sabotage, the, the language um, that we say, and it's, it's subconscious, the things that we say that we've been doing that probably we learned from age zero to six from MFTP, what I call mother, father, teacher, preacher, that have been ingrained to us that it's just automatic, right? It's like we've been on the highway, the blinking lights on, but we don't even realize it's on. So you have to recognize that it's on to be able to turn it off. Um, so I think it's it's such an important thing to know and to 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 really be careful of the words that you're saying to 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 yourself, right? Um, because words have the ability to empower you, but they also have the ability to to not to be destructive to you. Um, and taking it one step further, affirmations, something called an incantation, is taking that affirmation now putting the juice behind it. Yes, the green juice, but I'm talking about the emotion. So um, right before we were recording this, I went on a run out here and the entire run, you know, I'll listen to in powerful music. Like, you know, I love reggae music, Hawaiian, they call it Hawaiian music. That's just you know, really like serves my soul. Um, but I also, the entire run, I'm saying my incantations. And I, I have emotion behind it because my, my body's moving. I'm saying, I am healthy. I am strong. I am clear. I, and I love how you said I am. It's got to be in that present moment, right? Even if you don't believe it, the more you say it, you're going to change that limbic system, which is that, that part of your brain that's basically cross-wired and saying, you know, you're not good, you're bad, whatever, you're addicted. So, you know, I am strong. I am healthy. I am balanced. I am happy. I am joyous. I am energetic all day long. You know, again, just whatever it is that you want to create more of in your life, you keep saying it and you say it and you say it with emotion and with that emotion wrapped behind it, before you know it, your mind, you will act, your, remember, your brain is, um, is neuroplastic. You actually will rewire your brain. If I can say one quick thing, they did this study with, um, and I saw the videos, this is true, with stroke patients. You know, when someone has a stroke, they can't move one of their arms. So let's say I can't move my left arm, it's paralyzed. So I can move my right arm. So now I'm using my right arm the whole time because I can use it. So what they do is they put a mitt on the arm that they can use. So now you can't use that mitt. I'm sorry, you can't use that arm. And what they start to do is therapy on that left hand. And what happens is because the brain is neuroplastic, the part of the brain that can't move that left hand, other parts of the brain, you start to actually uh, invoke and you start to take in. And before you know it, these patients are moving their left arm. This is the power that your mind has. 
We just have to tap into that power. And when you do, it's amazing what you can overcome in your life. Sugar addiction, whatever it is, there is no obstacle you cannot overcome. And this is the work that you're doing with the Emotion Code. And I love DNRS and uh, all these things. So there's so many tools out there at our, uh, at our, at our um, you know, out there for us to be able to use right now. Just, just pick one and start to do it. It's amazing when you start to apply it, what this can do for your life. Mm, I love that. Such a good way to end too. But I want to give you the opportunity to, if there's any like last words of advice that you have for people that are listening or just anything else that you had wanted to mention that we didn't get to. So just some like last words of advice. You know, it's like we're all different places uh, in our lives. So meet yourself where you're at. You know, the average American's eating 17 times a day. I'm talking about snacks and all that. It's, it's, you know, we think about all these things, we want to maybe do it all go from like 17 times a day to intermittent fasting, but that's two, it's one extreme to the other. So I think just kind of meet your body where it's at. Start number one with just doing these things that we talked about today, replacing those those snacks with healthier versions of the snacks. And once you start doing more of those, and now you have all healthy snacks, then you start to take the snacks away. Because remember, the goal is to stop dumping insulin into the blood. So now we're taking snacks away. So instead of having like 10 snacks, we're having a snack in the afternoon, a snack in the morning, and we're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So the key is to get those macros in, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where you want to have your greens, your healthy fats, moderate protein, and those fiber-rich, slow-burning carbs like um, quinoa or wild rice, which is not a grain, it's a, it's a grass, or sweet potatoes, things like that, right? So you're getting those macros right. But eventually, we're eating three meals a day. So again, it's slow and steady and it's all about diet timing. Um, so I take people through that. So I think that's a critical thing. And um, I think it's just, you know, picking one thing that we talked about today. It's like, you know, we, we went over a lot of different things and it could be a little overwhelming for some people. So pick one thing and just say, I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to master it. I'm going to do it for seven days. And no matter how I feel, no matter how great or how bad, I'm going to do this every single day and commit to it. Make a commitment, write it down, make it real to the universe. And then when you do the seven days, celebrate, right? Give yourself a big high five, whatever your celebration is, and then go on to the next thing. All right, stack, stack, stack. And over time, that geometric change is going to happen. So um, I think that's my best advice. But I think the most important thing is that is figure out your why. So please, if you haven't done that yet, as soon as you, you're done with listening to this, spend five minutes right now to figure out what your why is. Um, go into a room. And, and just really get down deep into your soul and figure out what that is and write it down, put it on your phone, write on a piece of paper, put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, have it in your face, because when it's in your face, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to be reading it over and over and over. And soon enough, you're going to become that. And when you become that, there's a transformation, everybody. Mm, love it. Thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure. I'd thank love to you. have you on again as, as a follow-up. I feel like there's just so many places we can go, but thank you so much. This was amazing. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate you. And this is such an amazing thing. Just thank you for all that you do for getting this word out and the word of all the things that you do to so many people. It's never been more important. So keep on rocking and rolling. You are an acid kicker and I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar. <laughs>